to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose in our series on parables and object lessons. And for you that are keeping score at home, we're on program number six of parables and object lessons. And Susan, before we get going, would you please open with a word of prayer? Yes, our loving Father in heaven, we thank you again for um, providing a time where we can reach out with the principles of creation and the way that you run things and share them and and talk about them and, and be encouraged by who you are and how you've set things in place in order that we may be um, free and have an abundant life. And so we thank you for that. And please send your spirit to be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so in our previous programs, we've discussed the wayside and the stony ground, and of course, last time, the thorny ground. Mm -hmm. So we are finally getting to the good ground. Right. And so we notice, too, that the good ground is, uh, there's a lot of bad ground, mm-hmm. but there is some good ground. Mm-hmm. And the good news is the good ground hero, hearers also have problems. Right. You know, because we we're, we're sometimes have a tendency to look around and, and say, uh, saints don't have no problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you, you know, continuing on with this parable, you, do you want to just read the parable one more time and we'll get going on it? Okay. And Christ said, Behold, the sower went forth to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no depthness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Fourth fruit. Say that a few times. I know. <laughs> All in a row. All in a row. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, the interesting thing about these parables, mm. you can't argue with them. Mm-hmm. You know, you drop seed in one spot, the birds are going to get it. You drop it in another spot where there's where, where there's stony ground, it's not going to grow well. You can't argue with reality. how reality works. Right. And so Jesus taught with the way reality works. And I think that's what that's why we um, wanted to do this series on the yeah. parables is because, um, you know, Jesus, that's the way he felt it was best to communicate with humanity. Yeah. And so, and it's just the practical things that we can see and experience in every day. Yeah. You can't argue with how reality works. Right. And, and, it, and it won't, you know, the, the spiritual application can spike controversy mm-hmm. but in regardless to the way he taught and just using the object lessons becomes very difficult to 
to pin somebody down when they're talking about planting seeds. Right. You know? Right. Or the thorns. You know, we've experienced it because we always have a we have a property, and so we have gardens and trees and, and flower beds and things. And, you know, the, the, the uh, weeds come up. Yeah. And uh, it's the same thing in our characters. The, the bad traits come up. And if you're not constantly vigilant on the ground or in your heart, you know, then things come in and they can overtake you. Yeah. 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 So before we get to the good ground, I think what I took away most from the last program was that the power of choice is ours. Right. It does. It rests with us to determine what we will become. The wayside, the stony ground, and the thorny ground here is don't have to stay that way. Right. The problem is... It's with us. Right. And that's good news. That is the best news that's ever. That's good news. Right. Because the Spirit of God is constantly seeking to break that spell of infatuation that holds us absorbed in all the worldly things and to awaken a desire for the imperishable treasure, that eternal treasure. Right. It's by resisting the Spirit of God that men become inattentive or neglectful of his word. You know, we are ourselves responsible for the hardness of our hearts, and that's what prevents the good seed from taking root and for the evil growths that check its development. We're responsible. Right, because just like we were talking about, you know, our own gardens and everything— once that soil is overgrown by thorns, it can only be reclaimed by diligent labor. Yeah, I mean, your garden gets overgrown. What are you going to do? You got to get out there get, and you get a handle on get it. Get out there and, and get to work. Yeah. And so the so with evil tendencies of of the natural heart can be overcome only by earnest effort in the name and the strength of Jesus. Yeah, that's the answer. Yep, that's the answer. But there's a there's a commingling of us with him. Yep, He's it, not going to just take and shake a, shake him out of us. No, it's a doctor patient relationship. Right. You know, uh, with my hip replacement, mm-hmm. if I didn't do all the prep that they said to do, mm-hmm. and if I hadn't done all the PT after, I would have had an unsuccessful surgery. Right. And so it's it's a, a cooperation with a whole host of people trying to make us well. In the in the in the realm of the, our physical care, and it's a, and it's a combination of a whole host of beings trying to make us well in the in the spiritual realm. Absolutely. Yeah. The Lord bids us by His prophet, and 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 this is interesting, of course, because this um, object lesson, if you will, is in the Old Testament. Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. This is Jeremiah 4.3 and Hosea 10.12. You know, this work, um, he desires to accomplish for us, but he, he does. He asks us to cooperate with him. Right. The sowers of the seed have a work to do in preparing their hearts to receive the gospel. I've heard it said before that there is much too much sermonizing and too little of real heart-to-heart work. Yeah. Speaking of heart-to-heart work, mm-hmm. I mean— when you're helping someone, are you uh, by default? Are you healing yourself too? Yeah. Well, I think I was gonna. Uh, it, it's that I've heard um, the helper helps themselves. Okay. Right. So the, as you help somebody, um, and you do something altruistic, or you know, it takes the focus off of you, and and God can grow that that heart of wanting to help. And I think that that's the. That's the goal is to get out of who you are and what you need and to be focused on what someone else needs. And we have people that 
uh, call the ministry, and sometimes it's a it's years long relationships. It yeah. becomes it becomes you know like really like true family members, and it's just through loving care and concern and encouragement that sometimes people need to know that somebody really cares for them regardless of what they've done in the past, and, and that can change a person. And sometimes you do you almost have to get involved with other family members and, and help the whole hand family heal together? Absolutely. And, you know, you go through ups and downs, and you go through disappointments and, and things where you think that, you know, maybe um, it's a lost case, but I, I have seen so many times where, you know, as you continue to put the effort forth and, um, you know, you're you're yoked up with God in order to bring a positive result, um, it, it, it does many times be positive, but there's also times when it's not positive. But like with me and my recovery, um, it took me years to actually get clean and sober and then years after that to, in order to become a a person that could participate in life and give back and do things. And so, but each step of the way was part of my growth, you know? So when, you know, I was, I was having major issues from the time I was 10 years old on, but each time that I encountered somebody who um, was concerned for my well-being, that was something in my experience that was building to the person I am today. Yeah. And so as we meet people and we interact with people, it may only be a smile. It may only be, hey, can I put that bag in your car for you? Or if you want me to take the basket back, I'm talking about like shopping or whatever. Those, you know, those are the building blocks that the, the spirit, little things you're saying. Yes, that the spirit uses to help people to change. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you got to start out small. Nobody, uh, nobody when they're born was running a marathon. They took baby steps, literally. Right. 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 So we take baby steps in spiritual growth. I remember the first thing you volunteered for was, was where they put the, the children on the horses, the, the neurologically handicapped children on the horses. Right. And, and so that was the first thing that you volunteered for, which was really, really good, but that was really about all you were capable of doing back then. Right, was, was walk alongside yeah, of a walk horse alongside and of help a horse. make sure the, the child wasn't. But you know what? Through that small little bit of an effort, what I what God impressed upon my heart was that, you know, even though your life has been really rotten up to this point, you have a whole lot to be thankful yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. And so that... That planted those seeds, exactly, if you will. and it inspires and it allows the weeds of my heart and my anger and my resentment to be yanked out at the root, yeah. so that the the good grain could grow. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. There is a real need for personal labor for those less fortunate. In Christ-like sympathy, we should come close to people individually and seek to awaken their interest in the things regarding heaven and eternal life, and just. Um, you know, mercy and forgiveness and all that good stuff. Right, because some people's hearts may be as hard as the beaten highway, and it may seem to be useless to present the Lord to them. But even though logic may fail to move them and an argument powerless to convince them, the love of Christ revealed in personal ministry can soften that stony heart so that the seed of truth can take root. You know, and sometimes it's just being able to let someone know you've experienced what they're experiencing. Because the harder the heart, the more the hurt. Right. 
someone has a really hard heart, they're either really, really afraid and they've been hurt really, really bad and and the wall is not made the wall is not made of uh just sheetrock. It's built out of block. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's and, a brick wall. Yeah, and and a lot of people won't let you get close to them because they've been hurt really bad, you know. But yeah, so we as sowers, we got something to do. So that the wo the you know, the seed won't be choked out with thorns or die because of the shallowness of the soil. At the very outset of the Christian life, every believer should be aware of God's foundational principles. Right. He should be made um, made aware that he is not merely saved by Christ's sacrifice, but that he is to make the life of Christ his life and the character of Christ his character. You know, and and the only way that happens is is this picture of God that that Jesus shows us. Right. You know, do you want to be like that? I, right. I want to be like that. We, you know, when when we paint. Through our actions, we paint a picture of, of God that is gentle, kind, loving, forgiving, and all those character Meek attributes. And me, humble. And, and, and when we present those attributes, that's what breaks up that fallow ground. Right. You know, um, and, 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 you know, this, this course means for us that we may sometimes need to desire, you know, deny our, our natural inclinations. You know, following Jesus in self-denial and enduring trials as good soldiers, it's sometimes hard. We need to learn to trust his love and to cast our cares on him, and then we will be able to taste the joy of winning souls for him. But it cost it costs right. self-denial. Right. Yeah. And as a person participates in breaking up the hard ground by showing love and interest for the lost, we lose sight of ourselves. The plow of truth will do its work. It will break up the fallow ground. It will not merely cut off the tops and the thorns, but it will take them out by the roots. Yeah, yeah. And we talked last time about our star thistle field and about what, how we just kept replanting it every year when we mowed, mowed it. it. Right, and, instead and of getting it out by the roots. Those seeds were those thistles were falling. And, and it was multiplying, and mul- that's what happens in our hearts. Yeah. You know, we try to just, you know, be on, uh, have a surface work in our heart. And and God says no, we got to get it out by the root. Yeah, right. So we're going to get to the finally get into the good ground because yes. we've been breaking up the fallow ground for the last four programs. Right. So we're going to get the good. So in the, remember in the parable, not all the soil is bad. Uh, you know, of the seed that fell into the good ground, uh, Jesus said, "This is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. That on the good ground we." Are they which with which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience? Right. The quote on honest and good heart unquote that the parable speaks of is not a heart without sin, for the gospel is to be preached to the lost. Christ said, "I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance." Mark two seventeen. He has an, he who has an honest heart who yields to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He confesses his guilt and feels his need of the mercy and love of God. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because um, if if you if you don't have anything wrong with you, you, you don't have no go need to of the a doctor. Right, you have no need of a savior. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so it's it's the person that that you know he's he's what does it say? It's examine yourselves to see if you were in the faith. That's what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, see, you know, be honest and objective about how you're treating people. 
are you, you willing to learn from the meekest man that ever walked the face of the yeah, earth? Yeah, remember Paul on the road to Damascus, you know, and 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 he got knocked off his horse. But mm-hmm. basically, what did Jesus tell him? You know, in in our modern day terminology, is he Jesus went up to him and said, "You're having trouble with your conscience, aren't you, Paul?" Mm-hmm. Well, let, let's talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, but and and you know, Paul had a sincere desire to know the truth, but it took a special nudge, if you will, from God to awaken him. And I think um, throughout my life, God has given me plenty of those special nudges. The heart we're talking about here is a believe, uh, you know, it's a believing heart. It's one that has faith in the Word of God, but with because you know, we know without faith it's impossible to even receive the Word. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And that word diligently, it it can also mean thoroughly and conscientiously. You know, someone that's seeking God with an open mind for a desire to know the truth and to know God, not to back their own stuff. Right. You know? Right. So um, this is he that hears the word and understands it. So the Pharisees of Christ's day closed their eyes for fear that they might see, and they're they closed their ears so as not to hear. Therefore, the truth couldn't reach their hearts. Yeah. But Christ taught the disciples that they were to be they were to open their minds to instruction and be ready to believe. He pronounced a blessing upon them because they saw and they heard with eyes and ears that believed. That's so true. You know, um, I've gone to the doctor before and heard what I've not wanted to hurt hear. Right. But did you hear it? And so what happens is you go away as if he never even said it. Right. Kind of goes, that's the, goes, goes in one ear. goes in one ear and out the other. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's so that, so the, uh, the parallels here are eerie. Mm-hmm. But if you're intentively listening to the doctor when he gives your diagnosis mm-hmm. and also t- prescribes your remedy, mm-hmm. you follow that remedy. Right. Because you understand the gravity of the situation. But if, there's something you don't want to hear, boom, your mind goes somewhere else. I'm not hearing, closing my ears. Right. And then we don't take the remedy seriously, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, what it means. The good ground hearers receive the word not as the word of men, but as it is in truth. You know, the word of God, this First Thessalonians 2.13. Only the person who receives the scriptures as the voice of God speaking to himself is a true learner. He studies the word how it relates to the world around him, for him, it is a living reality. He opens his understanding and his heart to receive it. It's for the, the, the Bible, when we read it, should, should apply to us. Right. You know, a lot of times we'll read stuff and say, mm-hmm. yeah, well, it applies to that guy. Mm-hmm. It applies. Remember the, the Pharisee he goes, to the, goes to pray mm-hmm. and he's pounding his chest and he's saying, Lord, I'm thankful that I'm not like that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, f- I do the, I fast twice a week. I give a double tithe and he's, and he's so worried about himself in comparison to the other guy. Mm-hmm. And so when we're in the, reading the Bible, it has to talk about us and our behavior, you know, our side of the street, if you will. Right. And, and so when we're listening to it, we need to um, be like um, Cornelius and his friends who said to Peter now, therefore, we are all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. That's Acts ten thirty three. That's right. So well, that so the Bible speaks to us personally. Personally, yes, yes. 
And the good ground hearers, having heard the word, keep it. Satan, with all of his agencies of evil, is not able to catch it away. That's right. The word of God, when it is truly received, will be manifested in good works. Its results will be seen in a Christ-like character and life. Christ said of himself, I can, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is written within my heart. That's Psalms 48. Okay. And I seek not... I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me, John 5.30. And the scripture says, he that, he, he that saith he abided in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked, 1 John 2.6. That's right. So when the word of God often comes in collision with man's hereditary and cultivated traits of character and his habits of life, that's what happens. Yeah. And, you know, hereditary and cultivated tendencies or traits of bad character you know hereditary of course is what you get from your parents from your genes and right cultivate, that are passed down yeah yep. and cultivated are the acts that you participated in and got really good at them right you know you 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 know i they I, could be new traits or traits that you're re, bad traits you're reinforcing, reinforcing from genetics yeah you bet. over and over and over and mm-hmm. i know uh, you know we we had a uh, we had a little incident at the house a, a couple weeks ago where a uh, where somebody's dog had got out and got one of our donkeys. Right. And he also got one of our chickens. And so basically that is a hereditary tendency to do that. But the more the dog did it, the more the dog did it, the more um, he wanted to do it. Right, because he had killed the chicken earlier in the day. And then later on, he had gotten out of the house and he began to chase the donkeys and got the donkey and pull, you know, got it at the base of its ear. Right. And so, you know, that's what happens when a, when a, when a dog, his natural tendency is to... Is to gets reinforced. Correct. The more he did. So unless he's disciplined and trained away from that stuff. Right. So, and the more he does it, the harder it's going to be for him to be trained away. Right. Yeah. And which so, is why you want to get, which is why when you're working, even, you know, you can talk about your own children is you want to, that's why the Bible says to train them up in the way that yeah. they shall go, right? You want them to have that good foundation, but sometimes we, you know, don't put the work into raising animals or raising children in the correct way. And right. then bad things happen the, to innocent bystanders. Yeah. And then the more they do the bad things, the more those uh, hereditary tendencies towards evil are are strengthened. Right. And so, you know, they say, you know, with a dog, it, so with this dog, it really needs to have some some real serious. training, some serious, because you don't know what it's going to grab next. That's See, right. that's the thing, because those instincts, instincts have been... Are, have been right. and what is strengthened. Our, and what is our instinct? Our instinct is we want to be selfish. Right. And so when we continue to strengthen the instinct of wanting to be selfish... Right. We get more selfish. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and, and selfishness leads to death. It does. It, selfishness leads to death because um, that's that's the wages of selfishness is, is death. death. The wages of sin is death. The right. Wages of selfishness. And we need to yeah. we need to accept the gift of, from God, which is eternal life. That's right. You know, it's through the trials of the spiritual life that um, the life is strengthened. Trials that are well endured will develop character. The perfect fruit of faith, meekness, and love often matures best amid those trials, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, and we don't like them, but, you know, I mean, ever heard of a hothouse Christian? 
right. one that has been protected. Mm-hmm. A hothouse tomato plant, you mm-hmm. leave it out in the wind, you, mm-hmm. you know, you pull it out and you put it in the wind and it's going to fall over and it's going to snap. Right. And so, it, because we've talked about, you know, this world has been taken captive by the enemy. Right. And even though God and Jesus and the heavenly universe have won the, the war, we're still in the battle. We're still in the battle. And so people be strong in the battle because when you're strong in the battle, you will get stronger. And it's that trust. Trust in the doctor, trust in the Lord, and he will make you strong. By He didn't save Noah from the flood. He saved him through the flood. He didn't, you know, he didn't, he saved. The, he, the three Hebrews. Not from the fire. He saved them through, through the, the fire. fire. And he will save you through your fires too, That's your fiery twi- trials, if you will. That's right. Well, we're just about ready to wrap it up here. Just wanted to make sure everybody understood that you can Give us a call at 916-645-1297, and we've got some books we can give out to you. Uh, Could it be this simple, The Way Out of Your Prison, and uh, Seven Steps to Freedom. And uh, we're going to wrap it up. Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. 